Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church, mi familia. Monday morning, Motivational Monday is finally here after a long, long, long weekend for most of us. Oh, man, the Freedom Conference took place. A lot of stuff was happening. A lot of tears were shed. A lot of uh, the deliverance took place. A lot of healings took place. You know, a lot of hugging. I don't know. I was hugging a lot of people. I was crying with a lot of people. And guess, you know what? And I preached every single one of those moments was exactly what the Lord intended for it to be. You know, we, we were set free and we had a blessed time. And I'm still feeling it. I'm still feeling the love that was felt in that church, you know, through the Freedom Conference. And again, thank you to everyone that was there participating, everyone that was helping and everyone that was sharing, you know, and God spoke to us in all different ways, you know. And today we start here back in the book of Deuteronomy uh, 19. Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise your name. I thank you, Father God, because we can become overwhelmed by your presence, overwhelmed by your love, Father, that you have shared with us throughout this weekend, oh Lord God. And I just thank you for this time, for this morning. I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would just meet them where they're at. And I thank you for all your goodness, Father. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. And my lovely Sandra will be reading the word. Okay, good morning. I'm reading out of the NIV version. Deuteronomy chapter 19, starting with verse one here, it says, when the Lord, your God has destroyed the nations whose land he's given you. And when you've driven them out and settled in their towns and houses, then set aside for yourselves three cities centrally located in the land. The Lord, your God is giving you to possess, build roads to them and divide into three parts the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance so that anyone who kills a man may flee there. This is the rule concerning the man who kills another and flees there to save his life. One who kills his neighbor unintentionally without malice aforethought. For instance, a man may go into the forest with his neighbor to cut wood, and as he swings his axe to fell a tree, the head may fly off and hit his neighbor and kill him. That man may flee to one of these cities and save his life. Otherwise, the avenger of blood might pursue him in a rage, overtake him if the distance is too great, and kill him, even though he's not deserving of death since he did it to his neighbor without malice aforethought. 
This is why I command you to set aside for yourselves three cities. If the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he promised on oath to your forefathers and gives you the whole land he promised them because you carefully followed all these laws, I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk always in his ways, then you are to be set excuse me, then you are to set aside three more cities. Do this so that innocent blood will not be shed in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you as your inheritance, and so that you will not be guilty of bloodshed. But if a man hates his neighbor and lies in wait for him, assaults and kills him and then flees to one of these cities, the elders of his town shall send for him Bring him back from the city and hand him over to the avenger of blood to die. Show him no pity. You must purge from Israel the guilt of shedding innocent blood so that it may go well with you. Do not move your neighbor's boundary stone set up by your predecessors in the inheritance you receive in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess. One witness is not enough to convict a man accused of any crime or offense he may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If a malicious witness takes the stand to accuse a man of a crime, the two men involved in the dispute must stand in the presence of the Lord before the priests and the judges who are in office at the time. The judges, the judges must make a thorough investigation, and if the witness proves to be a liar, giving false testimony against his brother, then do to him as he intended to do to his brother. You must purge the evil from among you. The rest of the people will, will hear of this and be afraid, and never again will such an evil thing be done among you. Show no pity, life for life eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, and foot for foot. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Wow. Okay. Stretch if you need to, but you know, wow. Wow. You know, you get, you get this strong word, you know, after the kind of a weekend that we have, you know, and it's kind of hard, you know, to, to move on sometimes, you know, from the, from that particular environment. Now we get into a different environment here that the Lord is talking about separating uh, cities uh, of refuge. You know, it, it starts off, you know, that when the Lord finally gives you this land, you know, in, uh, in verse one, you know, you gotta, you know, you remove certain things. And he says in verse two, you shall separate three cities, separate three cities, you know, and, and it, but it tells you, you shall, in other words, you say, this is what I need you to do. This is what I need you to do. And in verse three, it says, and you shall prepare roads, you know, for these three cities, you know, and the three cities will be cities of uh, sanctuary, cities of refuge for people uh, that are accused of manslaughter or murder. You know, these cities, you know, that, that the Lord was telling them to separate it had to be accessible. They have to be, the roads have to be made so that you can arrive at the city, so that you can escape to the city if you was accused of, of murder or if you were just, you know, you just happened to be in a bad place. You know, in Deuteronomy, uh, back in Deuteronomy uh, 4, 41 and 42, Moses already established 
uh, cities for that. And it says there uh, in verse 41 in chapter four, it says, and then Moses set apart three cities on the side of Jordan towards the rising of the sun. And he said that the man slayer, my fleet there who kills his neighbor unintentionally. The key word here is unintentionally, you know, without having hatred for him in times that by fleeing one to one of the cities, he might live. So this cities, you know, was supposed to be prepared and, and ready to receive this because just in case the population was growing, you know, the more people you get into a place, the more situations are going to rise up, the more problems they're going to have. But look what it says in verse uh, four. It says, and in the, the case of manslaughter, who flees there, that he may live, whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally, not having hatred. Again, unintentionally. It was an accident. But you still, uh, you know, cause this individual to, to, to die. You know, this will be a place. And in verse five, it, it gives you an illustration of going into the wood and chopping and chopping some trees down and the axe you know, comes apart and, uh, and, uh, and the heavy portion of the ax hits, hits the other guy and the other guy dies accidentally. That's what it's talking about, you know. But as soon as somebody gets killed, guess what? The law states that, you know, an eye for an eye, you know, back in the day, you know. So you, to know, for, know for you to stay alive, you better run to one of these refuge cities, you know, so God was preparing a place of safety, a place that one can go to in case this happens. Because if not, they were gonna, you were gonna die. You kill somebody, guess what? A payment had to take place. There was a consequence, you know, and I was and I was back then by the law, by the law. Because in verse six, it says, lest the, the uh, avenger of blood, you know. That they, while his anger is hot, so this individual is going to be upset, pursued the manslayer, the individual that, that killed the neighbor by mistake, and overtakes him because the way is long and he kills him. You know, so in other words, prepare this road so they could be easy to get to. So if you're innocent and you're running, you got a place of safety that you can go to. You know, and this uh, avenger of blood that uh, the new, the the New King James Version says, you know, it's basically a, the person legally responsible for carrying out vengeance when a family member is killed or murdered. Usually, you know, the nearest uh, male relative to the individual that got killed. So normally, so it was up to the family. If somebody came and killed one of my, my, my brother, it was up to, if I was the closest one to my brother, it was up to me as the male individual to go after this person, to go after this person, you know, and, 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 God, and, and the Lord was preparing the, a way so that if something was to happen, there would be like a balance. There will be a balance. In, in Numbers 35, 12, it says, they shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger, from the guy, that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation. In other words, they will, he will go there to a place of safety until, you know, judgment comes, until they have a court assemble, you know, and this individual will come in safety and, and they will have a trial for him. 
But, you know, back in the day, if you didn't make it into one of these cities, guess what? An eye for an eye. Outside these cities, you had the right as a, as a next relative to this individual that got killed to kill this individual. And God was trying to, to, to bring that uh, in, into control because if not, innocent people, you know, will die. In Numbers uh, 35, 15, he says, these six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel and for strangers and for those that are passing by that anyone who kills somebody accidentally may flee there. Because like I said, the Old Testament law, you are done. You kill somebody, they were coming after you. At least with this, they had a place that they can go to, a place that they can run to, so that way they wouldn't be killed, and they will be able to go to to the to, to the court and settle this in court. In Numbers thirty five sixteen, it says, "But if he strikes him with an iron uh, impalement, you know, and he dies, he is a murderer." In other words. If you hit somebody on purpose and you kill them, hey, you're done. <laughs> you, you, you are done. You know, so it's, so it's a separation between accidents and it's a separation between actual killing. You know, in verse seven, it says, therefore, I command you saying you shall separate three cities. So the Lord is telling them already since verse one, you shall. You, you, you shall at the, uh, separate these three cities. You shall make roads so that way it has easy access. And in verse seven, it says, I command you that you separate these cities. So the God was always making a way. And that is the way the Lord is with us. He always makes a way. He's always trying, trying to make it better for us as his children, you know? And, 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 and the most beautiful thing about that, God is always trying to make a way. Look at this weekend. Look, look what the stuff that has happened this weekend. You know, and, and and you know what? And I had the privilege of, uh, of praying over the, the gentleman that he and his wife were real ended in, at the um, on Friday, uh, you know, and 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 this guy came up to me. I didn't know. I didn't know this guy from Adam, you know, and and he, and he's there and and he's very emotional. And I was just and he and he says, I'm the guy that was involved in the accident, you know. And, and, and the presence of God was so intense in that place, you know, and he was just sharing and, and I was just sharing with him. We had an intimate moment there with, with just with one another and I was just ministering to him. But, you know, to know that the enemy will try to destroy you and knock you out. And yet here he was in victory, you know, you know, Saturday, you know, and he was receiving the blessing of God and the protection of God and the grace of God, you know, and that's what the Lord is all about, you know. So God, God, God is always merciful, you know. The word of God says that his grace is sufficient. So he helps us through whatever we're going through, whatever difficulty we are going through, you know, his love is there. So again, you know, I, can, I have to emphasize, you know, that whatever is that we're dealing with today, our Lord, our Savior, our Father is making a way for us. He started back in Genesis, you know, back in the beginning, you know, even when we messed up, he kept putting things into place 
just like these three cities that he was talking about, making a way when we mess up. And you know what? And just like Pastor Brendan always says, we all mess up. <laughs> we all have some good days and we all have not so good days. We all may lose it here. We all may lose it over there. But guess what? The one that is constant is our Father, our Savior, our Lord. And he's always making a way for you and me. He's always preparing something for us, you know, to keep us you know, in the, in the right place to keep us there. And it says in, in verse eight, it says, and now if the Lord your God enlarges your territory, like I was saying before, when they increase in numbers, as he swore to your fathers, you know, to the blessing that, that they will possess the land. You know, in verse nine, it says, if you keep my commandments, you know, this is a key thing right here. If we keep the word of God, if we meditate upon his word, if we keep his commandments, if we, if we love the Lord, our God, our Savior, you know, and always do what he has called us to do, you know, he's going to bless us. Because that's what he's telling him here, you know, because God, what God's going to tell him here, that if they were to follow his ways, he was going to bring increase. But along with that increase, that means more people. And along with more people, that means new problems. And along with those new problems, you know, he's telling them there, separate three more cities. So, you know, so now we got six cities, you know, that, that the number has been increased. Why? Because the love of God to protect those, you know, that are innocent and to protect those that, that you know, that you have to go to court. You messed up. You have to go to court. But guess what? God was making a way. God was making a way because, he, you know, what he didn't want, you know, he didn't want no innocent blood to be spilled. He was looking out for uh, the us at that time. And in verse 10, he says, look at what it says in verse 10. It says, lest innocent blood be shed in the midst of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, that this guilt of blood sh is shed upon it. You know, so God, you know, innocent blood defiles the land, you know. Innocent blood, and I and that text that took me right back to Cain and Abel. And you guys remember Cain and Abel? You know Cain. You know he got upset. You know because the Lord didn't didn't receive his sacrifice. You know he received Abel's sacrifice. And then Cain ended up killing his brother. You know, and he thought that he can get away with it. He thought, he, but then in Genesis four, ten and eleven, it said, and he, and he said, "What have you done?" The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood of your brother's blood, you know. And it says in verse 11, so now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened up its mouth and received your brother's blood from it. So blood is very significant, you know, and, and, and the blood, you know, we were not supposed to shed blood because you know, we were created in the image of God and we were not supposed to kill one another. So when he killed his brother and, and he bled on that ground, the ground cried out, you know, and that, was, and that became a curse. And that's what the Lord is trying to prevent here in verse 10. It says, lest innocent blood be shed. So he made a way. He made a way for that, a place that we, we can run to, a place of refuge. And today, 
You know, who do we run to today? You know, what, what, what city do we go to? You know, we can just go on our knees and go before the Lord. And he's there. And he's our refuge. And he will sustain us. And he will keep us. And he will embrace us. And he will love us. Again, this particular weekend, there was a lot of embracing going on. There was a lot of hugging going on. You know, there was a lot of prayers taking place. There was a lot of deliverance taking place. There was healing, restoration, you know, forgiveness. And most importantly, just the presence of God was in the house, you know. So that's our place of deliverance in his presence. When we go into God's presence, he is faithful to meet us there. And he says, I am here. I am here. And that's what the Lord is telling us this morning. You know, there is a place of refuge. And it's right there in the same place that you're in right now. I am there. That's what the Lord is telling us. And his word will tell us also, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. You are mine. You are my, you are my servant. You are my son. You are my daughter. And that's what the Lord is telling us this morning in his word. Because he's telling us here, the city of refuge, you know, but I'm going to put it right back. There's no safer place than to be in the presence of God. There's no safer place because you could be in the other side of the world. And guess what, my brothers and sisters? I've been to the other side of the world. I've been in hostile territory with the military. I've been under harm's way in the military. And, then, and in there, in the midst of all that chaos, in the midst of all the struggles that was going on, in the midst of the, all the loneliness, because I felt alone, yet alone in my little, you could say uh, 10 by, by five little square room that I had with a little bed and a little shelf, you know, that was my bedroom, you know, there the Lord showed up. That became my sanctuary. That became my place of prayer. That became my place that I can just worship God. And guess what? His presence filled that little room that had me in tears. And I was away from everybody. And I was just there with the Lord. And he comforted me. That is the presence of God. God's presence is tangible. God's presence is transferable. You know, your presence, you know, when you get together with the Lord, and I, I, I was there sitting down at a table, minding my own business, and there was this individual young lady across from me, and she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and then she tells me, hey, I need a hug. I'm going to give you a hug, you know, and we embrace in the middle, in the middle of the, uh, the dining area, that we were in and we had such an intimate moment with God. And you know, you know who you are. I'm not going to mention your name, but you know who you are. You know, you're it's so special. And we just wept with one another. You know, that is the presence of God. That is God embracing us. That is God's telling us it's going to be okay. You know, it's going to be okay. You're not going through this by yourself. My presence. It's enough. His presence is enough. So I embrace this, this, this individual, share my love with her. She shared her love with me because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Give away what God has given you. 
that love, share that love, share that hug, share that embrace, you know, because only he knows what you really need. And when we turn to him, he is right there with us and he will embrace us in his love and he will restore and heal our lives. You know, the rest of the chapter here, you know, it gets into boundaries uh, in verse 14. It says, do not remove, you know, your neighbor's landmarks because, you know, when the when they possessed the land, the land was separate, was divided among the tribes and among the people and everybody will have their own portion. And then he was just telling them, be honest with one another. <laughs> Don't try to cheat your brother because apparently they were probably changing the markers. You know, it's when you get a house, you get a house, you go there, they're going to have little flags on your, on the, on the borders of your property. You know, that's telling you, you, your land ends right there. And some people will probably were doing it. They were moving the stake a little bit over to the neighbors you know, and, and claiming some other neighbor's land, you know, and actually that happens a lot, you know, because if you don't know, somebody can actually have a foot or two of your property, you know, but back then that's what they were doing, you know, because they wanted more and the Lord is telling them, be honest with each other, be truthful with one another. That's pretty much what it's telling, what it's telling me because, you know, to, to break it down, but because, you know, even in Deuteronomy 27, 17, he says, curse, curse is the one who moves his neighbor's landmarks. So it was, it was important to God that they would just keep their own property, their own landmark, you know, and all the people shall say, amen. So they shall, all the people shall agree upon this. So, you know, so doing the right thing, that's what pretty much I like to keep things simple. I like to keep things. Okay. What is the word of God telling me today? This landmark deal right here is telling me today, just to be honest. Don't cheat nobody. Don't cheat nobody, you know. Treat everybody with respect and honor. You know, that's one of the things that I learned, you know, at the, throughout my life, you know, being in the military, being in, in martial arts, you know, we talk a lot about, about integrity, you know, in the military, honor, you know, doing the right thing, you know. And, in, and God is always telling us, just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Because, you know, I got this. You know, we have, we receive more blessings when we do the right thing. You know, when we do the right, because it's not about me. It's not about me. I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be the, the first person that would say, hey, if I, if I offended you, I'm sorry. I have no problem. No problem. You know why? Because it's not about me. I don't have that much pride, you know, because what God has done for me, what does the Lord tells us? He tells us all the time to turn the other cheek, you know, if somebody, you know, to turn the other cheek, you know, to, to, you know, he, he, he received all that, all that upon the cross, you know, when, when he was on the cross, you know, he, he took all of our burdens, all of our sickness, all of our trials and problems. He took it all up there upon the cross and he's telling us, you know, you know, just to hold on, you know, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, trust in me. Wait upon me, you know. He's telling us here: be honest, you know. Don't cheat nobody, you know. Don't 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 be a, don't have false witnesses against one another, you know. And that's what God is telling us today, and especially for us, you know, as as Fusion Church and those that are hearing us, you know, we came through a Freedom Weekend, you know, we left a lot at the altar. Come on, 
we left a lot at the altar because even though we, most of us, you know, that they were, were helpers, most of us, were, 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 you know, were assisting here and there, and, and we were not really a participant, but yes, you were a participant because as us being there, guess what? I received, woo, baby, I received, you know, God's presence was overwhelming. And it's still overwhelming. I can still feel his presence from the weekend, you know, because he, he, he was, it was so tangible. Uh, for me, you could have cut it with a knife, his presence there, you know, and that's what God does. When God shows up, situations change, you know, and God is telling us, you know, the beginning of this week, you know, today, Monday morning, he says, I got this. He has you. And he will sustain you. He's just telling us in his word, certain things are do's and don'ts. You know, do the right thing. Love one another. You know, if, if you if you feel that that, that somebody had us, has offended you, then go to that person. Just talk. You know, go with the love of Christ. You know, you know, and 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 just you know, for me, hey, if I offend you, I apologize. You know. And if you want to talk, let's talk, you know, let's be real with one another because it's enough in this world that separates people. The sin of this world is separating everything, but Christ came to save us. God, Christ came to save the world and each and every single one of us. And all he's telling us to do is to love one another. So my brothers and sisters, if you get anything out of this crazy word that I'm trying to share this morning, you know, about the three cities of refuge, you already have a city of refuge. And that is to be in the presence of God. And you are in the presence of God. Every time you seek him, every time you draw near to him, he is right there. He is faithful. And he says, I am here for you. Why? Because I love you. You know, the love of Christ. What we did this weekend, it was because of the love of Christ. It is because of the love that fusion has for the community and for the people of God that, you know, that we make ourselves available. So coming forth in this particular week, trust in God. Lead not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He is faithful. He is merciful and he loves you. And when we seek him with all of our heart, he's going to bless us. And even in the middle of the storm, you can have the joy of the Lord. Why? Because he's with you. Because he says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if you are in the Lord, you know, you're already blessed. Actually, just the fact that you're hearing me this morning, you are alive. There are many that didn't wake up this morning. You are blessed. You're breathing on your own. You are blessed. You know, you turn the computer on by yourself. You are blessed. You made yourself your acapabutelo, like my son always says. You are blessed. You know, you know, you get high yourself a bowl of cereal and you ate on your own. You are blessed. And I take it one step further. You were able to use the bathroom on your own. Hallelujah. We are blessed. You know, we have so many things that we need to be grateful for, you know. And this Monday morning, let's start by being grateful for what he has already done and what he has already, he's already doing. Because he has kept you through the night 
and you have woken up this morning and we need to wake up and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are with me. And when we start the day by that, by giving him the praise and giving him the honor, you know, and just being grateful and say, Lord, I thank you. You know, Lord, I thank you that my body is hurting a little bit, but at least I'm feeling something. Come on now. There are people that don't feel nothing, but at least I'm feeling something. Lord, I love you because you are in control. All right, I spoke enough. Let me bless you and send you off in this particular week. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise your name. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters. And I pray, Father God, that, you know, that this weekend, Father God, that has passed by, Lord, the way that you have moved. I pray, oh Lord, for the same anointing, the same refreshing, the same touch will be upon every one of my brothers and sisters. You know what they're where they're at. You know what they're going through. You know how they're feeling, oh Lord God. But you have come to set us free and free indeed, Father. And your word says, Father God, that you, uh, you delight. Father God, to be in the presence of your children, Father God, and, and you, Father God, want to bless them. And I thank you for blessing them. And I thank you for sustaining them. And I thank you for taking them through because your word says that you will take us through the valley of the shadow of death. That means, Father, we're going to go through it, but we're not going to remain there. So I thank you, Father God, because you and your answer is already at the end of the road. And the end of the road is very near. So, Lord, I thank you for them. Bless them. Keep them. Meet their needs, Father. I thank you for what you're going to continue to do this week, Father. And we ask for this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Have a blessed weekend. Love you. Love you. All my brothers and sisters. And a special thanks to Doug over the weekend. Doug, my man, you know. Yeah, you made you made my weekend, Doug. You know, you made my. He was he was praying for me, and I'm just throwing it out there. He was praying for me, and I was praying for him, and it was and it was just such a blessing. So again, shout out to all you guys. Great job this weekend. Love you. Okay, I gotta go. Talk to you soon. Bye.